Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for our latest episode of the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Our discussion for this podcast series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. Today, we will focus on three accomplished leaders within the pharmacy profession and provide a special edition as part of ASHP's recognition of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. We are very fortunate to have three pharmacy leaders who have had successful careers and contributed significantly to health system professional associations across the nation. Our conversations will focus on their professional journeys as pharmacists and leaders within their organizations. We'll also be asking for their perspectives about the future of pharmacy and how we can continue to support patient care, the profession, and practice advancement. My name is David Chen, and I'm ASHP's Assistant Vice President for Pharmacy Leadership and Planning. And with me today, we have Andrew Liu, Senior Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer for RWJ Barnabas Health, Karen Lin, Pharmacy Operations Manager at Penn Presbyterian Medical Center, and Nancy Yam, Associate Chief Pharmacy Officer and PGY2 Residency Program Director for the Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership Program at UC San Diego Health. Thanks for joining us today, Indu, Karen, and Nancy. So let's get started talking about today's topic. To kick things off, I'd like to ask each of you to share your background and career journey with an emphasis on those critical points in life that encourage you to pursue formal leadership roles in your careers. And to get us started, if I could point to Indu. Thanks, David, for this great opportunity. I started as a pharmacy technician within our health system stayed on there as a clinical pharmacist. I was there for about five years and then had an opportunity as a clinical coordinator in another hospital uh, within the state. I was a newer practitioner and I was unsure about taking this role as people that were there and reporting to me were seasoned pharmacists. But some of the best advice that I received from my father was to do one simple thing. Every morning, walk through the department, say good morning to people, connect with your team, do a check-in, and they'll feel that you are there supporting them, and that was invaluable advice. From that position, I moved over to the pharmaceutical industry and worked for J&J for a number of years in their medical information department, but I really missed touching patients. I came back to our system to work as a clinical pharmacist in cardiology, and I was there for about a year. After a year, I was presented with a very unique opportunity. I received two job offers within a week, and they were both within the system. The first job offer was a clinical pharmacist in a cardiology clinic with a world-renowned cardiologist. Uh, They were just starting that position, moving pharmacy into the ambulatory care environment. The second offer was to work in uh, the corporate pharmacy department. It was for 18 months, and it was a grant-funded position, but at the end of the 18 months, I essentially wouldn't have a job, and I grew up really never to take a risk. You know, uh, the phrase, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, was really how I was raised, but I saw this opportunity to work at corporate to make a bigger impact uh, within our system, and I really saw this opportunity as an 18-month 
job interview. Taking the position at corporate, which was a fellow position, it allowed me to interact with senior administration. It allowed me to get creative and entrepreneurial and bring up initiatives. At the end of the 18 months, they offered me a position as a director. From director, I was promoted to vice president of corporate pharmacy and then to chief pharmacy officer. So came full circle, essentially, from being a technician within our system to the current position that I'm in. And my period at corporate has spanned over 18 years. But what I realized in this journey is a couple things. One, you have to believe in yourself. You can will it and you can make it happen. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that you have to be able to take risks. It might be a little scary. It might be uh, not something you're used to, but you need to be able to take risks. And they might be calculated risks, but by taking risks, it opens up opportunities for you. So sort of my my professional trajectory over time. Thanks for sharing that, Indu. Actually, as I was listening and taking notes as you were talking, that was one of the things I wrote about, you know, the value of taking risks. And I also heard the theme of the importance of teams and also the fact that you experienced all the roles along the way, as you mentioned, from technician to the, to the corporate position you have today. So thank you again. Well, now if we could move to Karen. Thanks, David. First off, I would like to thank you for thinking of me and giving me this opportunity to share today. As someone who has only recently taken the initial steps out of formal training and education, I have not held many roles and titles. However, I'm hoping to shed some light on my journey thus far, mainly focusing on how I navigated the opportunities immediately post-graduation. During pharmacy school, an advisor of a pharmacy organization, a very dear professor, as well as mentor eventually challenged me that in order to find my passion in pharmacy, I needed to step out of my comfort zone, see things differently, and most importantly, be present. I eventually found myself in formal and informal student leadership roles because I just gravitated towards those who are leaders. And a huge reason for that was one of the key characteristics these leaders shared was, again, being present, but also the willingness to support, mentor, and inspire those in our profession. Not only did it inspire me, but they inspired my desire to do the same for others. So through, I guess, continuous observation and encounters, I came to realize that leadership truly, truly had many different shapes and sizes and making it all the more important to seize the any opportunities that I was given. And this might sound cliche, but I truly believe that doors close so that other doors can open. And for me, it wasn't like a shining light or a big arrow pointing towards a direction, but it was like I was collecting these puzzle pieces and all the while, eventually, they kind of all came together. Pursuing a combined PGY1, PGY2 residency in health system pharmacy administration and leadership and committing to a formal leadership training was truly an incredible turning point, just confirming my excitement for my career in pharmacy. And to be honest, looking back at all the relationships I had and the people I encountered, these people, they were truly instrumental to push me to where I am today. And now you may say, back up, Karen, your career just started and you got ways to go. Well, I definitely agree. And 
I look forward to the opportunity in the near future to continue to expand, but to remember to continue to be curious, continue to learn. And I'm so thankful towards those that had never stopped encouraging me because, you know, whether it was a big or small encounter, I feel I definitely owe it to the confidence that they also had in me because that truly influenced me and where I am today. Oh, thank you for that, Karen. And, and I like the, some of the pearls you had in your journey that, that build off of those that Indu shared with us. You know, I picked up, you know, personal passion, presence, and also what I heard was the, the, the ideology of, of paying it forward. So thank you for sharing. Well, now I'd like to move to Nancy. Thanks, Dave, for having me here today. You know, I remember looking back and talking to my parents about what I was going to do after graduating from undergrad and talking about pharmacy and thinking of it more as a job than as a profession, but really has become a profession and definitely a passion now. And so my history is that I went to UC San Francisco Pharmacy School and they had pathways for each student and every student would have to pick one. We had the traditional clinical pathway, and then of course there was also research. I ended up going the route of what they used to call health policy and management, or HPNM. And I always thought that I would work for the FDA or something along those lines, but I remember being in class learning about leadership and managing by Rita Shane, and I was so motivated by her. I remember her taking a call from her daughter and just being so impressed with how she was able to be a mom and a professional balancing it all. She was also so confident in everything that she said and did. And it was just how she carried herself. I knew that she had the confidence. And so she was therefore a good leader. And that's how I looked at it in my mind. I wanted to be like her. And I'll always remember that moment. Of course, her shoes are completely too big to be filled. But you know, I have my own shoes to fill. So another moment that I also think defined me was when I was a PGY-1 resident and trying to decide where to do my PGY-2 HISPAL residency. And it was whether to stay at UC San Diego with amazing people like Chuck Daniels or go to a new place, Cedar sinai with Rita. That's how much of an impact that she made on me. And I recall talking to Chuck about it. And I knew in that moment, I kept on talking and talking and talking. And I remember Chuck stopping me to say, Nancy, it's not all about you. And from then on, I knew that leadership was more than just about me, but I needed to be more aware of my surroundings and everything and everyone around me. That line has been so instrumental in my leadership life that it's not all about me. It's about the collective group as a whole and about this profession. And I knew that working with people was something that I wanted to do, and I wanted to learn how to be a leader and how to invoke change. I love all the clinical aspects of pharmacy, but I just loved working with such amazing professional people in our profession who take care of the patients every single day. And one of the other things I learned from my PGY-1 at UCSD and then went on to my PGY-2 was to keep those lines of communication open. I went back to San Diego from LA because I grew up here, but also because I was a stronger candidate because I kept in touch and worked and collaborated with the people along, you know, along my journey. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Nancy. You know, I think a couple of things I pulled away was, you know, as you grow as a leader, regardless of where you are in that growth curve, is you know, always asking for advice. And I think we've heard it a couple of times now, is, you know, the awareness of self and your team. So, again, thank you so much for sharing your journeys to where you are in your careers. I'd like to move now to ask you each a specific question about your leadership experience. You know, all of you bring such a wealth of knowledge and a slightly different roles and journeys to reach where you are today. 
And Andrew, I'd like to start with you. And actually, I think the question that I'd like to pose builds off of each one of your uh, career journeys that you just shared. You know, Andrew, you work in a large health system. Can you share perspectives on how you have been successful in developing your teams and organizational culture, as well as establishing yourself and achieving influence? Sure. So I think when you're establishing a team, the really critical piece is building it on a foundation of trust. Building a foundation of trust is really the critical underpinning for building a successful team. Trust is bi-directional. Your team has to trust that you will lead them, and I need to trust in the team that they can come to me with new ideas and not be afraid of taking a risk or failing forward. Uh, The second piece is establishing a connection with each team member. So really taking time one-on-one to figure out what motivates them, what drives them, what is their own leadership style? Are they a driver? Are they analytical? Are they an expressive? But you need to spend time to do this, and you have to take time on the front end, but it pays dividends in the back end. And then it's easy when you're putting teams together, you can match people's personalities and ensure that you're having the most comprehensive team. Everything we do within pharmacy is on the basis of guiding principles. And this guiding principle helps us develop an important structure. Our agendas are built off our guiding principles. Our meetings are fashioned off of that. Our monthly reports, annual reports, initiatives we pick are based on these guiding principles. And the guiding principles are advocacy, community and the care continuum, education, finances, quality and safety, and research and publication. So this lends to an important structure, but ultimately what it does by having these guiding principles, it allows clear communication. And I think that's really important as a leader and for success that you have clear lines of communication. Everyone is aware of what the mission is. Everyone chooses their initiatives that match and feed into our guiding principles. What it also allows you to do then is set very clear goals. And with very clear goals, it allows you to execute. And execution is a critical piece when we're looking at advancing the profession of pharmacy. Another thing with building important teams is you have to take the time for succession planning. We do that within the pharmacy enterprise. We have 25 divisions within the pharmacy enterprise. And we look at succession planning on all levels across the 25 divisions. And if you're a baseball fan, you'll know that we have people in single A, we have people in double A, people in triple A that are really on their way to moving to the major league. But we are able to do that throughout the system and throughout the 25 divisions that we have. But succession planning is really key. And There's so many other components, but I think it's very, very important to celebrate the successes. We focus so much on fires that we're putting out or the next tactical steps, but very, very critical to celebrate successes. I think it helps to build a healthy team environment. So we start each of our meetings with what is a win. It could be a professional win or even a personal win. And then finally, uh, you talked about, David, how do we build influence? Well, it's really simple. 
when you have a team and you build a team and you let them shine, the sphere of influence grows. So it's easy for me. My job as a leader is to advocate for my team. And that is the most exciting, fun, motivating part of my job is advocating for the team. The pharmacy enterprise collectively is the reason why our profession shines and is so well-respected. So building the sphere of influence is easy as long as you can allow your team to just run and shine. Thank you. Oh, India, that was great. And as you shared, you know, establishing and supporting a positive culture in an organization is a key responsibility of pharmacy leaders. And as you mentioned, you know, being that advocate, being that true leader for your team and all the communication that goes with that. And you've really set me up nicely for the question I'd like to ask Nancy. But I'm going to do a little foreshadowing here for Nancy because I'm going to, before I do my conclusion of this podcast, I'm going to ask Nancy to share her upcoming weekend because Indu has put us in motion with her baseball analogy, which I thought was great. So thank you, Indu. So moving to Nancy, you know, you work in an organization that, like many health systems, has grown in the number of facilities, which I can imagine has resulted in change in roles and responsibilities, as well as how your relationships are developed and maintained. You know, can you share with us how you've been successful growing in your role and advice to others on being an effective leader in a multi-hospital organization? Absolutely. Uh, wow, we really have grown. It's grown so much. I couldn't even imagine this when I was a resident here about 15 years ago. Our new and almost five-year-old hospital or medical center right now is actually on the former parking lot of the smaller hospital that was there before. And I can't even imagine what it even looked like because we forget so quickly. And in addition to that, we continue to grow too with new and more upcoming buildings and sites and just all the infrastructure that continues to make our institution, you know, the best place for patient care. So with growth, I think there's always growing pains and differences and opinions of how things work and how they should work and how the leadership structure should be. I think that one of the struggles with large institutions is that you may only work in your silo and you don't know it. It's that line where we always say you don't know what you don't know. For instance, ambulatory care, pharmacists may not understand how the acute care side works and then vice versa too. There's always the perception of who has more complicated work, who has more work, who should have more FTEs. And so it's really imperative that we all work together and communicate and understand what the other side is doing because we're really one big department or one pharmacy versus two different or, you know, multiple different pharmacy sites. And I think as an effective leader, we really have to work on bridging this gap and understanding how things intertwine and interconnect. We have to learn how to communicate more and to communicate better. In the age of instant messaging and texting, there's a lot that can be lost in translation. So we need to really learn how to talk again because it's much easier to clarify when we do. I don't think it's effective to be typing and perpetuating what seems to be a problem when in actuality there may not be a problem at all. So I'm always encouraging my leaders, you know, pick up the phone. If the email is going to be really long, pick up the phone and have a conversation so that you're not going back and forth and, and having miscommunications. So then also in the past year, with COVID and everything, we're also forced to adapt and make changes due to the pandemic. 
And the technology that we use and how we used it has really changed. It may be due to, you know, our staff working remotely or wanting to be on site. We also have more sophisticated systems that are coming out and we have to learn and utilize these systems for efficiency and safety for our patients. We also have to be ready for cyber attacks and understand security systems and how to manage that if something like that occurs. I think there's just so many elements of what we have to know now as pharmacists. One of the other lessons learned, I think, was that we had to reassess our organizational chart pretty frequently. Recently, my institution, we realized that our org chart really hadn't changed that much for many years, and we had changes in growth at our institution, but that should also parallel what the structure is within our own department so that we can be as effective as possible. Does it look correct? What changes can we make to make ourselves more efficient so that we're working collaboratively with other departments better too? I think something else I've also learned is to not say no immediately when asked to do something. Sometimes I wonder if it's human nature just to say no, just to say no. I think we really do have to be more thoughtful and to reassess if it's feasible and to see, and if not to see what will make it more feasible. We're here to move things forward and to progress and not be static. I can probably come up with a handful of examples where I asked you know, another department, hey, can you do this? And the immediate answer is no, but then the next day they come back to us and what was requested was already done. It would have been more effective in the beginning to say yes and what is it that you will need from me or from us to make it possible instead of just saying no immediately. And as Indu mentioned, I think that we also need to think about succession planning and growing our future leaders. It's imperative that both occur. I love my institution, so I want to make sure that no matter what happens, any transition is definitely seamless. And for our future leaders, we, we definitely need more. We need people who are willing to be, to be trained and to lead effectively, whether it's a big L or a little L. And I know that there are many new and upcoming superstar leaders out there. I'm lucky that I feel like I've worked with a number of them too. So I think that we owe that to our profession. Oh, thanks so much, Nancy. I mean, definitely shared a number of pearls that are applicable to any practitioner in our growingly complex organizational structures of today's health systems. And, and I even envision this becoming even more complicated as technology continues to define what an organization will look like in the future. But at the end of the day, I think, as you mentioned, the essentials of relationship management will certainly stand the test of time. Yeah, I'd like now to move back to you, Karen. You know, Karen, you know, as a new pharmacy leader and someone I know is already committed to volunteer leadership, you know, what advice do you have for peers when making decisions about work opportunities, building professional networks, as you mentioned earlier, and finding balance in life? Thanks, David, for the question. Although this sounds like a three-part question, and I will do my best to answer each part, I think they're very much intertwined because it all boils down to essentially your own personal life. And to preface, everyone's priorities are different. But I do believe people who are truly fulfilled know very well what they want to hold on to and what they chose to let go. Something I started doing, I want to say, around college and eventually was taught to master in residency is self-reflection. And this is something that I was taught to do on a regular basis, whether it's a week-to-week, day-to-day, on a routine, to check in with yourself. And 
I'm sure um, maybe other people have different ways of describing it. But to talk briefly about it, it was one of the core goals or part of the core curriculum for my residency, because especially when you're going through rotations, having the opportunity just to step back, think about, you know, how how well did your patient encounters go? How well did your interactions with other healthcare providers and et cetera from week to week basis? And to think about what went well, what went not so well, and what are your opportunities for improvement? So I think this could be applied similarly to your career or even your personal life. And being able to identify those things you spend the most time on that brings you satisfaction allows you to be more in tune with what matters most to you. And of course, those things you may not have quite achieved that you hope to, it's important to define it, write it down, or in fact, just talk to someone about it. And I think that leads me to my point about how building a professional network is a must. I lose count of the times the conversation led to a connection. And pharmacy is a small world. And I can't speak for other professions, but pharmacy has changed and it is changing. And for me, I want to be part of the change and be on the front lines. And I apologize, I don't know the statistic, but we spend so many hours of our lives in our pharmacy career. So it brings me great joy and excitement being able to work with others and collaborate towards something big. And similar to what I mentioned earlier, I think it's crucial in your current position or wherever you may be to stay alert, be observant, and kind of be a sponge to absorb because you never know what opportunities can be open to you. I think I remember choosing, I guess, your first step, first career out of whether it's formal training or just out of graduating pharmacy school. We feel that we're stuck with one choice and this is what we have to do. I don't think that's the case. And in fact, Pharmacy is evolving, so being open to those opportunities, I think, will lead you to things that you could never imagine that you would possibly be doing, even with your career. And ultimately, the balance in life comes with choices. And I think something important to keep in mind, as nothing is set in stone, is that your future, your career path is what you make of it. And it's important to find where you belong, even if it means stepping out of your comfort zone. So for me, The truth is there will be highs and lows in life and there has been highs and lows. But if I know at the end of the day, I understand my purpose, my prerogative, and I'm satisfied with it. I think it's all worth it. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Uh, You you know, your thoughts are very insightful, you know, for those that are aspiring leaders, new leaders, as well as established leaders, as they contemplate the many opportunities that will be available. You know, as you mentioned earlier, one door shuts, another door opens, and it is a continuum. Um, Again, so thank you for those comments. And thank you again to all of you. Your career journeys are are fantastic, and the perspective you've been providing, you know, really inspiring. I'd like to move to the last question, and actually, Karen's comments sort of set me up nicely for this when she spoke about reflection and sort of stepping back. And the last question for our podcast today is one that I'd like to ask for each one of you to answer. And this question that I'd like to ask is about your thoughts on the future. And so what I'd like to do is to ask each of you, what is your opinion on the leadership imperative for pharmacy practice in the profession? And I know this is going to be a tough question to ask you to just pick one, but I'm excited to hear how your responses will be similar or different. And I also think this will be a great to listen to as 
as a continued call to action for all of those in leadership roles. As we covered a lot today, either those in big L's or little L's, and those contemplating their personal missions in their leadership journey. So to get us started for this question, could I start with you, Nancy? Wow, that really is a tough question. So I only had to pick one. I think my leadership imperative is to move our practice along and to advocate for change, especially when it's warranted. I think we have to change with the changing times and the environment. We have to do environmental scans consistently, and we can't be left behind. We have to progress, and we have to be able to move forward. Everything that we do really does need to be for the patient, but we also need to advocate for our profession, such as getting provider status and being able to bill as pharmacists. I think there's so many initiatives out there that we can just do more and be better within our profession. I think it's similar to the Pharmacy Advancement Initiative. It's constantly changing and being reassessed and changing with the times and ensuring that we understand it and just build upon it as the years go by. In addition to that, I think we have to provide value and to be able to show it too. I think we need to be able to show the data on the work that we do and have quality metrics. Data is powerful and data that shows positive results and outcomes by what our profession is doing is even more powerful. So that being said, I do think that many of us struggle with having good, clean metrics that's exclusive to the work that the pharmacists or pharmacy technicians do. But I think it's out there and I think it's definitely possible for us to get that data. So I guess you can say that by the my goal by the time I retire, which to me may seem far off right now, but I know time moves by very quickly, is that our profession is in a better place than where we started, that we continue to get better and to learn more and to improve. And who knows, maybe our profession won't even look anything close to what it looks like today. Great, great. Thank you so much for that, Nancy. Um, how about for yourself, Karen? Yeah, this is definitely something hard to narrow down. But as I think about it, I feel that there's so much changing in pharmacy practice, especially with new advancements in technology and the thought of a lot of the, I guess, metrics, analytics, or just artificial intelligence that could be, you know, not that far into the future. But what I really think is that we all have different roles within pharmacy and that some of it could be big, some of it could be small, but being able to communicate and being able to use people as our most valuable resource at the end of the day is really, really important. I think that choosing pharmacy as my career gave me an opportunity to serve. And as pharmacists, we are called to serve others in the profession and to utilize our skills, our experience and knowledge to improve patient care, and more importantly, to prepare for the next generation of pharmacists. So I think it's important with the change and everything that's going on to continue to be challenged in our roles and to remember to step up and to know that whether it's advocating for someone mentoring or creating a new practice or in a new area that we should be that someone that does it and that it may look different for everyone of course but at the end of the day it's the journey that we share together that makes it all the more meaningful so i guess my last comment really would be that i urge that those that are listening to really take some time to think about their journey where they belong but of course where is the biggest impact that they can make Oh, very, very nice. Thank you very much for that, Karen. And we'll round out this question with Indu. Yeah, it's as my fellow panelists here, 
uh, it is very hard to narrow it down to one initiative or imperative. But I think for our profession, what's really critical for each and every one of us is that we have to be lifelong learners. I think it's really critical. Pharmacy is ever evolving. And leaders, um, three words that we don't like to hear is, I don't know. Leaders don't like to deal with uncertainty. But if the pandemic has shown us anything, we as leaders have to deal with, I don't know. And the only way to do this is to be a lifelong learner. Learn uh, that you need to develop personal adaptability. Learn how to navigate through complexity. Being a lifelong learner for our profession, and personally as well, it's deliberate. It's voluntary. It requires dedication and discipline. The best leaders know and they realize how little they know. They need to reach out to resources inside and outside of their organization, which really lends to the networking that we heard before. We need to learn. And this type of learning, what it does is it fosters a growth mindset. It drives innovation. It drives us to improve patient care and serve our patients the best way we can. It allows us to build the great teams that we talked about before, and it really makes us resilient. Uh, so my, my imperative for the profession would be to encourage everyone to be a lifelong learner. Well, thank you so much, Indu. And for all three of you, I really appreciate your candor, your insights, your advice, your perspectives. This has been a tremendously enjoyable conversation. But before we conclude today, as promised, I'm going to put Nancy on the spot here. If Nancy, could you share the fun activity you have planned as we tie it to Indu's comments earlier about baseball? Yeah, it's funny that Indu brought up baseball too, because I'll be practicing pitching this weekend. Hopefully my nine-year-old son can help me because I was just asked by the San Diego Padres and my institution, UC San Diego Health, to throw out the first pitch on June 17th. So I'm very excited about it. That's great. Perfect. We know you'll get it right over the plate, just like pharmacy. So thank you, <laughs> exactly. Nancy, and have a great time with that. <laughs> thank you. So, well, everyone, that is all the time we have today. And I want to thank Nancy, Indu, and Karen for joining us. And most importantly, thank you all three for your leadership, service, and role modeling that you have provided for our profession. And for all of those of you joining us today, thank you for being with us for ASHP's podcast on Leadership Journeys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.